Dave. <laughs> He's found your mom, man? This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. remember the big moments in the movies we see, the big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, and the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Today's episode is AI, Artificial Intelligence. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Latest Movie Microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata, and I'm your gracious host. Alongside me, the encapsulated, facile, tactile, plantar, lord of the Herculoids himself, Justin Waddell. How's it going, sir? Man, that's all right. You mean like plantar, like a plantar wart? Exactly. Oh, man. Goodness, Nick. It's all right. I'm over uh, COVID, I think. It's COVID over you, though. Got past it. Not too bad of a bout. How about yourself? How you doing? Fine, sir. Fine. Yeah, what's going on in your neck of the woods? I am preparing for a journey uh, for work and then a journey for fun. And it's been stressful, but I think all the ducks are sort of in a row. So I'm looking forward to recording the AI show and getting the F out of Dodge. Sound a little bit like Bilbo in here. You know how he's all preparing for journeys all the time. Do you feel like that yourself? I feel like that last journey Bilbo went on. Where he got on the know. boat to hell. An unexpected journey, is that what they... Because Bilbo didn't want to leave, right? Is this his, That's his deal. He didn't really want to leave the Shire, or was that his uh, nephew? Don't you remember Bilbo got tired of everything? Yeah, it was Frodo that didn't want to leave, right? Right. Those well, cuties. I can't wait till we do those movies. Yeah, I never really watched The Hobbit. Did you ever see all... You saw all of them, I saw probably. all of them. I actually own the special editions of all three. And? Are they improved? Not tremendously, but I don't hate them. I do hate that frame rate, and I do hate how digital some of it is. But there is some lovely stuff in there, and they cast some of my faves. Like? You got Luke Evans in there. You got Richard Armitage. You got Martin Free. I do love Martin Freeman. You got Benedict Cum. He's playing the dragon. Yeah, you got it's a handful of great in there. Nick Frost? Or no, he was in the Snow White movies. I think Hugo Weave shows up. Blanchett in there? I'm sure she shows ass. What? The girl from The woman from Lost is in there. Yeah. Kate. What's her name? Angeline Lily. Lily, a little bit of an anti-vaxxer or something. She's got some problems with vaccines. But soon to be seen on the big screen, Nick, in the Ant-Man and the Wasp Quadrophenia or something? Quantumania. Quantum Realm, what's it called? Quanta Airlines. What's it called? What's the Quantumania. title? Quantumania. You excited about that one? You jazzed? I'm not. And they are trying their damnedest to make it seem like it's worth a piss. We promise right. it's as good as Civil War. It's it's as good as a Russo Brothers movie. Speaking of um, Lost, I caught a little, the beginning of Ghost Protocol, Mission Impossible, the other day. And guess who Josh but shows Holloway. up in that? A little brief 
minute screen appearance by Josh Holloway before he gets blown away. Brief There's appearance. a flashback involving yeah, him. Yeah, but that brief, that brief appearance made me wonder why he wasn't in more shit. He's always good. He is good, yeah. He kind of became a breakout star and lost. Remember, they started his character off super unlikable, but then everybody went crazy for his looks, and so they had to make him nice. Well, he was in Yellowstone or Ozark or something for a minute? Yellowstone. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is he not still on Yellowstone? <laughs> Did he get super killed? Oh, my God. You don't remember his ridiculous... I don't think I saw his death. But... I, I mean, it's at this point, it's like three seasons ago of Yellowstone. If you guys haven't watched the latest, like, three seasons of Yellowstone, hit the forward ahead 45 seconds button right now. What happened now. to him? Snake spoilers, 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 snake spoilers. He gets a snake thrown onto him and he dies from it. Are you serious? Yeah. He throws it. I think a, a snake thrower. Oh no! That's a what he, a way to go. He gets a snake thrown at him to death. <laughs> what a way to go! And he's not even Indiana Jones in here. All right. Well, what else is happening? Anything? You've been watching any uh, any cool things? Always. I mean, that's what I do. I look at cool shit. You make it sound cool. Yeah, things are fine, man. Looks like the media circus is starting to kick back into gear here in January. You know, you got your Last of Us just started. Got some big stuff coming up. I can't wait till Avatar comes out. Hope it does well. <laughs> you think Cameron likes proving him wrong? <laughs> like he just, you think he just gloats? I mean, he does seem like a gloater, I guess. I disagree. I think he's a very down-to-earth good man. I'm not saying he's not a good guy. I mean, I, I think he seems pretty intense. He's confident. I interviewed him a couple of times, and he was a sweetheart. Was he? Susie Amos keeps him grounded. <laughs> she says if Avatar doesn't hit $2 billion in, in two months, you're grounded. Is it? Is it even going to take two months to get there? No, I guess. Nope. Right? He's got his finger on the pulse, that guy. Who's another person who never fails, who always hits every single time? I don't think there is one. A lot of the big directors now do fail. Like Spielberg, his movies don't make money anymore. Poor guy. Look at the movies he's making. Right, I know. I mean, he could make he could have made that Indiana Jones movie and he decided not to. That'll be a big hit. No, I don't think there's any other examples, at least in the filmmaker side, who just can't lose. Kevin Smith? I was gritting my teeth at the end of the year last year as everybody was on Facebook and Twitter putting their best of list together and whenever I'd scroll past somebody that included Clerks 3 on there I wanted to drag the internet into my trash folder drag my trash folder into the sun and then empty it all I don't hate Kevin Smith and I didn't see Clerks 3 I didn't I don't think a lot of people liked that movie too much though is that correct it was on a lot of lists was it really but then again a lot of them said it it was triumphant but not as triumphant as Clerks 2 (laughs) I mean, I like some of Clerks, too. I don't remember it very well. I hate seeing those guys get paid. Paying job to, what's his name? Dante? J. Anderson. Something Anderson. No, that's the other guy. No, that's his name. I don't know his first name for some reason. I thought Anderson was the guy with the hat. You get Jay Muse. You got Kevin Smith. And you get the two guys yeah, that are the, the stars. The vulgar Randall guy with the hat I thought was the Jay Anderson character. And the other one... Oh, you're talking about the actual... The, the the dark-haired guy? Yeah. Oh, I don't know his name. I used to know. Now I'm older than F. So is the relevance of that movie. Jeff Anderson and Brian O'Halloran. Yeah, that, yeah, Dante is Brian O'Halloran. What a nightmare. You didn't even like Clerks, huh? I really hated Clerks. I really hated Clerks. I did like yeah. um, Chasing Amy, and I liked some of 
mall rats a little bit. Oh, I was like kind of like mall rats. I, I wasn't a huge I chasing hated guy. Dogma. I appreciated some of Dogma. I always kind of like Smith himself, but yeah, he's a nice guy, never... and he's uh, he's funny mm-hmm. at times. He gets weepy. You know who else is getting weepy lately? Brendan Fraser in here, man, oh, wow. crying all the time. Turn the faucets down a little bit, there, buddy. He's very emotional because he keeps getting a lot of plaudits. And he just won an award last night where he went on stage and cried his way through his speech. I love the guy, but come on, man. Let's get let's cool it up a little bit. Take that award and go damn straight. You know I was going to get this. You know what I'm saying? Like slam dunk the award. Or just refuse it. Or Say, ju- look, I know how good my acting is, guys. I don't need another, another one of these. Or just don't hire Brennan Fraser anymore. To, uh, anyone. <laughs> get him out of here. He's going to get... He's going to get hired a lot now. Nah, not unless Everybody they need a emotional on the award circuit. Everybody getting emotional up there. What do you think? If we got in a podcast award, do you think we'd be in tears? <laughs> First of all, no, because podcast awards, just by principle, are a nightmare. But I, I, I would be a great receiver of an award. You would? Yeah. You've won awards, probably. I don't think so. I don't think I have either. Not much. I won a coloring contest back in the day. That's a little bit of a long time ago. I've won trophies. Yeah, I never. Awards. Me too. But like, let's say, let's say they said we're going to recognize the movie microscope for the worst waveform award. Can't, what would know. you? First of all, I'd say it's an honor just being nominated. Right. Now, I'd give a hell of a speech. Would you? Would you let me talk? Of course. I would introduce you the way I do here, and I <laughs> and, and and I would say, let me tell you a little bit about what our show is. <laughs> And, and then alienate the audience a little bit. We could just start doing a podcast from the podium. <laughs> just go into a podcast. I would I would be so excited as soon as the music came on, but I'd go, no, 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 no. <laughs> Not tonight. You know, I wouldn't let them play us off. Do you see my cat making life decisions back there? Uh, I do, yeah. <laughs> Staring at the wall. He's just looking around like lost in space. He's a cutie. He's definitely a spirit animal down there for you, but in real life. Oh, he's my... You know who he is to you. You know what he is? He's your familiar. My Teddy? Like in um, the Golden Compass book and show. They got that little demon uh, that's attached to the, their person. They all have like an animal that's attached right. to them. And that's Oz is yours. It's your soul. Yeah. Is what it, it's Oz is your soul. That's what that's what the stand-ins are there for in that, those books. Okay. Great. I'll go into it. You want me to keep going in? Religious allegory, right? A little statement on religion, those books? Yeah, huge rip on organized religion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a huge hit, right? Not the movie, but I don't think the movie's bad. Uh, the books are huge, and I love the books. And the show, I think, did okay. It's it did, its last it got three seasons. Now, right? yeah. I didn't watch the show, and I love the books, so I need to catch up with it. I that. accidented into watching some of the show one day, and I didn't know what it was until a few minutes into it. And then when I realized it, I was baffled by it. So. It's a weird one, but it, it, the books are like incredible. It's just, it's just a the show. Any show version of it's going to be odd. I think. Speaking of shows that are odd, guys, it's a movie microscope. It's a show where we zoom in. We mishandle the documents of existence. We lack the faith in our footprint. We put a muscadine in the darkest spot in our body. Get all needle nosed. Wear an emergency pajama. Kick the sentience out of an innkeeper. Put a baby on our lap and spank it on the front. We painstakingly annihilate the cauldron folk. Get all ramrod straight in the bathtub. Swizzle some sticks. Fizzle some dicks. Get our wits about us. Watch a movie through destroyed. Apartment-sized, chastised, scotch-egg-shaped testicle eyes. Let the movie zoom on through and back out again. Hopefully something clings to the brain so we can speak. 
share with the likes of the listeners. So if we're talking about Zandalee, <laughs> you would talk about the scene where Nicolas Cage has doubts about Raw Dog and Zandalee on account of that little fungal problem. Raw Dog's it anyway, though, doesn't he? Talk about the little moments. Let's talk about Zandalee. Do you remember who the second build in that was? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, so, uh, someone of high legal standing. Well, Judge Reinhold in this. My man playing it sexy in there, you know? Vying for Zandalee's affections. Who was Zandalee herself? He's, he plays Billy Groswood in that. <laughs> Who's Zandalee? It's a chick. It's a, it's a chick. I know. <laughs> Zoom in. It's that movie's Karina Lombard. I don't know who it is, though. Nicolas Cage. Or Erica Anderson in here. I would have never guessed. Who is this? Joey Pants in that movie? Aaron Neville in here. <laughs> Steve Buscemi? Marissa Tomei? What a cast. He showed up at the makeup trailer and they quit. <laughs> there ain't enough time in the day to cover that up, Aaron. Oh, Erica Anderson. Let's look her up. She plays Zandalee Martin. Gave her gave her an exotic last name. <laughs> um, By the way, there's a Martin in the movie we're doing today. <laughs> she's still working. She uh, last. She's still working. She, uh, I believe. I don't know in movies. The last movie was 2000, but and she's still out there working. What's she doing, Erica Anderson? Anyway, we gotta we gotta have to zoom in on that one. Pushing 60, Erica Anderson. It's gonna be hard to find her. Hope she's got an Instagram. Hope she's got a Twitter. Is Judge Reinhold on Instagram? I mean, one can hope. You know who is? Is Haley Joel Osment. I was checking out his Instagram today. Why would you do it? I'm interested in his life. Judge Reinhold's still in there. He's got a new Beverly Hills Cop movie coming out. He fucking does have a, a, an Instagram account. How's he looking? He looks like a, an older version of Judge Reinhold. He was last seen at the screening of Glass Onion. Oh, my God. Was he there? Yeah. Oh, my God. Got the invite. Got the invite. He's, got, he's trying to be cool. Why? He's trying to be cool in photographs. He really is. He is cool. He is cool. He's there with his, looks like his daughter, maybe. Could be his wife, I guess. 65 years old. I keep thinking how old that is, you know? And it's only 15 years older than us. We could have been, I don't know, I guess Judge could have been our dads. A young dad. Least cool dad ever. All right, Nick. So 2001's Artificial Intelligence. AI, Artificial Intelligence. The movie's so nice, they named it twice. <laughs> Why do you think they did that? Apparently they did it because they thought the audiences didn't understand what AI meant. They had to double down, make it redundant. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. So then why not just call it artificial intelligence? Because that's dumb. But that's okay. It's kind of a, it speaks to the little bit of the messy nature of this film, I think, is that can't really nail down a title. Maybe you really can't nail down a tone. But I do like this movie, I have to say. I'm going to say it up front. Couldn't nail down a director. Nope. Obviously, everybody knows, was a project originated by Stan Kubrick. Eventually collaborated on with Steve Spiels. Kubrick decided to shuffle out of Earth's rotation. Go straight to hell. So Spielberg said, you know what? I'm going to pick up the pieces and give it all I got. Get the best in this movie and just never look back. He said that uh, that was big part of the story of this movie, the big part of the marketing of this, is that Steven Spielberg made this for his friend. It took over the years of work that Stanley Kubrick put into this thing, and then he made it like Stanley would have if he were still alive. Now, I think that Stanley Kubrick, didn't he gift this movie to Spielberg during his life? He's like, I don't think I can make this. Maybe you can. Yeah. I think that Kubrick was worried about the technology. He wanted the, I guess he was worried about how the, 
the look of the of the main character because I guess he wanted to create it. Where Spielberg's like, I'll just cast a human, mm-hmm. and we'll be done with that. Put a little glisten on him, make him look artificial. But he didn't um, cast a human. It said he cast Haley Joel Osment. <laughs> All right, let's go through the cast. It's 2001. Believe it or not, Nick, that has a lot to do with the old Kubrick right there, but came out in 2001 starring... We knew each Haley other. Haley Joel Osment. We knew each other by then already. Did we? Yeah, yeah I think you're right. Yeah, we Haley did. Joel, and, um, you got Ashley Scott. Can I zoom in on Haley Joel Osment? Yeah. Billy Joel Osment's son. <laughs> Pretty good. Who next? Ashley Scott. Ashley <laughs> Scott. You got Francis O'Connor in here. You got Clark Gregg. You got Ken Leong in here. You got the voice of Ben Kingsley in this. You also have the voice of Jack Angel in here. You also have the voice of Robin Williams in this. And the voice of Chris Rock. And the voice of Meryl Streep. <laughs> Is that it? And the voice of Jude Law. And the Sam Robards of Sam Robards. Yeah, Sam Robards in here. William Hurt playing Professor Hobby in this. <laughs> and you got the one, the only, Adrian Grenet in here. Yeah, that, is that how you say his name? Grenier. 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 You got Al a, Jorgensen of Ministry in this. Jake Thomas as Martin. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> a much ballyhooed movie, a lot of hype, probably probably considered a modest hit upon its release. Wasn't a failure. Wasn't a failure, I think, but it wasn't. I think a critic, to the critically, moon. people were confused a little bit. Well, um, there's that famous story about Roger Ebert completely reversing hmm. his review of it, going from like three when he saw it to a five after he'd seen it again. That's how I was with Clerks, man. But yeah, no, it's a, it's an interesting film. I, I really, obviously, I would have loved to have seen what Kubrick would have done with it because I bet you it would have been better. It probably would have been more confident in some of its elements. I, you know, Spielberg. A lot of what I like about this movie, I imagine, is tied to him. I, mean, I think this movie is pretty heartbreaking. I think he gets an amazing performance out of Osment. Uh, so, you know, I, I think he's has self doubt throughout this movie, and it kind of shows. But and that's not really like him. I think also it was early on with his partnership with Janusz Kaminski as his DP. Save it Private Ryan, it works. Schindler's List, it works. It does not work with this. It doesn't work with some of his stuff. The movie is dated on the visual side. And I know you had asked me on the phone or mentioned that you wanted to see a 4K transfer. I don't think it would help. I don't think it would help. It's a really strangely shot film. Like, it it feels artificial, which is, I'm sure, uh, uh, intentional. Mm -hmm. Um, But... It just feels kind of soupy, and you're like, why does it feel like kind of dirty? Not dirty in like a sexual way, but it just looks kind of dingy. I think it looks cheap at times. Yeah, I, I agree. And like I said, I think the glue that kind of holds it all together is is uh, Osmond's performance. God help and us. and then Jude Law is like a charisma machine. Right. Like so, he's like when he's on screen, it's like you know really flying. Oh, but, and uh, Paula McComson from Deadwood in this too. And she is. Enrico, I forgot to mention Enrico Corrit, whatever his name is from. Uh, yeah, from Galaxy Veronica Mars. Quest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great. Paula Ma- Paula Malcolmson. How do you Compson say her name? Or something like that. Yeah. Oh, and your favorite. What's her name? You cannot stand this actress, Catherine something. She played Tom Cruise's wife in Minority. Oh, Report. she's not in the finished movie though. They cut her out. Is she not no. Catherine Morse? Are you sure? Yeah. Spielberg told her he had to cut her out of the movie on the set of Minority Report. I think. And she said, I'm here with Tom Cruise in a movie. I'm not complaining. I still think she's got some some dirt on Spielberg. Maybe he just liked the way she... She was in the movie, I wish that we would do, called They or something, or Them. 
it's like a weird horror film that Wes Craven produces. Kind of a creep show. As long as, kind of a, as long as her face is on it, I agree with you. Anyway, so give us the premise of this one. A little boy robot wants to be our little boy. Pinocchio, yes. And he wastes a shitload of our time trying to do so. <laughs> so a fam, uh, uh, Professor Hobby at the beginning of the movie, he's a uh, a scientist that creates artificial human beings. And his idea is, what if we created a robot that could love? Instead of just creating a robot that could fuck, that does shit and has sex or does chores, what if we created one that actually could love and be loved back? Or I guess that could love, because I get, people love shit back all the time. And, um, and so then they find a family in need. There's a family that has a son that has a disease and he's in like cryo sleep. And the mom is just super depressed and so this family's the test case for this little tiny boy robot i guess he's like the first off the shelves right and he he lands at this family's house and so that's kind of how this movie starts what do you think of this this i feel like the movie it really is like at the beginning a horror film in a weird way that's how spielberg shoots it i think i mean i guess that first scene is so annoying. Which one of the with the scientists? Yeah, yeah. I mean, William Hurt doing his damnedest. Well, he's trying, and 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 the way that the camera moves around is very weird. There's a part that pisses me off. Oh, by the way, this is way in the future when the Earth basically falling apart, right? Like uh, cities falling into the ocean and all that stuff. There's a lot of stuff that's happening. Yeah, this thing perpetrates that myth about global warming. <laughs> and then William Hurt looking. Let me zoom in. Looking frumpy at the beginning. He's in disheveled, frumpy clothes. I guess it's trying to. He's saying he doesn't care about his appearance because he's always in the brain space, Nick. Well, he's also in you the know? morning space, as we find out. He is. But, he's, so yeah. he's talking to this group of academics, and there's a, a female cyborg sitting at the table yep. there doing her makeup. Whatever. Sheila. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the, and the, and the movie does a lot to show how advanced they are and how the you know, she's a sex robot. Uh, and she does some stuff that he asked her to do. There's a moment where he says something, and then everybody starts murmuring and whispering. And it's he doesn't say anything interesting. Yeah. And it's just so stupid that's, that right then Spielberg presses the whispering button, and everybody's like, well, I love you. Spielberg does a couple things in here that really annoy me. Like, he kind of tries to put some Spielberg touches on stuff that doesn't work. He definitely uh, overdoes it with some of the glowing lights and the smoke and shit like that. By the oh, way, yeah, Brendan Gleeson also in this. Yeah, we didn't mention him. Yeah, Gleeson in here. Arlie Ermey um, in this. Yeah, we we skipped. We skipped around a little yeah. bit. Jake Thomas in here said as Martin. Already said. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he stabs, uh, William Hurt stabs this robot's hand and then he tells her to undress. You're right. It's kind of a weird scene. Like It's reminiscent of the last movie we did, Megan, because at one point her her face unfolds, it comes off and shows her mm-hmm. the interior, her metal interior. She's is he call there's a term sensory toy, right? Sensory toy that comes up. Okay. And so I guess that's how he's referring to at least this uh, what they produce. But then he starts going to this whole thing about robots, build a robot that can love, which he does for to that poor robot's damnation. Oh my god, yeah. What a horrific story. <laughs> it really is. That's the thing I really like about it is on one level, I, I read something that it's obviously Pinocchio, right? So the, it's like this child's, I'm not that the Pinocchio is, is light, but it's just this, this story about human brutality, you know? <laughs> it's about like all this, you know, the sadness of losing a parent or being unloved, finding out what the world's about. 
I always love it when somebody says, I really like Pinocchio. I'm going to make a movie that's Pinocchio, but not Pinocchio. As if we need more of that story. Just like Pygmalion. Right. We get it. Right. We get it. Don't need Pygmalion. Don't need Pinocchio. Don't need Ten Little Indians. Take a break, fuck. Did you not see the new Pinocchio, though, by Guillermo? Have, it's supposed to be fantastic. I, I've heard it's great. I am a, not a Pinocchio guy. What would be weird if you were? <laughs> Wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Man, Nick's a huge Pinocchio fan. Man, he never stops talking about it. Now, he said that we need a robot, that, a child who can love, that can imprint on another one. And then he turned to Sheila and he's like, and then we're going to put some implants in you. You know what I'm saying? So don't worry. How do you think he, we'll get there, but how do you think he tackles the sexual stuff in this? I know that Sheila has a self-lubricating system to where she gets herself really wet where she needs to. She can, she can create wet on the on a dime. Is that, is that what you're wondering? Well, fair enough. No, I'm, uh, I'm talking about Spielberg and how he... How do you think he tackles some of this? It's surprising to see it in a movie of his, but it's also, I feel like, half measures, sort of. Which is fine, because it's not really 100% about that, but it's just it feels a little awkward, all that stuff. Yeah. Obviously, Sam Robards, Hollywood legend Sam Robards, and Francis O'Connor, who is purported to be the next big thing, uh, did not happen. The, obviously, their son Martin is 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 completely sh- frostbit piece of shit. <laughs> So yeah, he's he's like an eleven year old boy. He uh, super sucks. He has some kind of weird disease where he's in the hospital. He's is comatose. Might never get better. Fingers crossed. And um, so then the dad has a bright idea. But first, there's a scene where Francis O'Connor is reading to a frostbitten child, which I love. Yeah, Robin. He's, he's reading Robin Hood. But then the best one of my, my my favorite line in the movie happens in that scene. Okay, the doctor takes Sam Robards aside and is talking to him. He's trying to like get. Because he he feels like her she hasn't really grieved she hasn't mm-hmm. been given her, her so and she she doesn't know what the you know like is the kid gonna die is the kid alive whatever and he says yeah Martin is pending fair enough that is Martin's status and I love it so much because <laughs> that is a great way to look at things you know right right like Justin had COVID Justin was pending you know and right now Justin's fine and you're still pending I love it that's a great adjective. To describe your existence. The big news here is the dad's got a shit life. And he's like, how can I make this better? Let's get a new son in here. You know? Why does the dad have a shit life? I think the dad has a rock solid life. His wife is sad. His son is pending. <laughs> yeah, the but- doctor's talking his ear off. You know, he's always at the hospital. He needs to get a new son in here. Take his wife's mind off things. I don't I think I think what's happened is they have been going at it so much. He's all... You think so? Yeah, he's ruined. I'm so tired of the rigmarole. We got this thing. It's gotten down. We've It's not exciting anymore. We've gone through you know the Kama Sutra backwards and forwards. We need to try something else. Let's get a fake kid. He just needs some loin rest. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> is that why he's got like an ice pending, pack? man. He's got an ice pack on his crotch this whole movie? <laughs> The doc's worried about the wife. That's the strange thing. She is like, hey, I, if I was a dad, I was like, could you concentrate just the, maybe a little bit more on my child? You seem overly concerned about my wife. I think it'd be great. He goes, I'm, I'm concerned with your wife. And then the next shot is them putting her into cryostasis. <laughs> Sam Robards got his golf clubs over his shoulder. <laughs> See you, buddy. Sam Robards is the only thing I've seen him in that I can recall. Is he around? Is he? Do you remember the names of the parents here? Mommy. Mommy's the... The mom and then sure. his name they just say his name all the time it's like henry or something or something like that he says some heartbreak that guy he's a piece of shit really i don't know why you say this 
The dad? Yeah, why is he a piece of shit? He's Henry. Why is he a piece of shit? What has he done? He wants to get he just doesn't. Henry. He wants to get rid of Haley Joel Osment pronto. That's a virtue. Yeah, that's why I don't like him. That's a virtue. That's like get rid of that pile of ass. David sucks. He doesn't suck. David sucks in this movie. He is a... Not enough bad shit can happen to David in this movie. You don't like David? David sucks. He's What a he's piece got... of shit David is. I love him. Oh, he's such an ass. He's such a, a huge mistake of a product. How could you like this movie if you don't like David? Because David gets tortured in this movie. Are you kidding? <laughs> this is the movie for people that hate David. <laughs> this is torture porn for David. It makes me super happy watching. <laughs> Who does get rocked the entire length of this movie? Almost <laughs> then, has like barely a nice moment. And then I love how they think that they're giving him a, 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 an enlightening, happy ending, and they are hate-fucking him. David gets the biggest uppercut of the movie during the big climax where everything's supposed to be great. <laughs> well, it's not fair. He does get to bake a cake with his resurrected mommy. You know? <laughs> they are slipping the shiv slowly into David at the end of this film while he <laughs> is numbed by this fake vision of his super dead fake mother. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the future robots are like, they got the shiv going right into his cortex. And, David, just l- listen to the sweet sounds as, as I stab your brain and send you away forever. You thought you couldn't die? Thing. Oh, you're dying. Let me get a let me give give me a little. I love it. I love David. It breaks my heart. Don't make me laugh at his pain. So anyway, I love so. it. Okay, so this product, Sam Robards is eligible to receive this prototype that he foists upon Francis O'Connor and, yeah, and brings him home. The good news is is this weird ass robot, he'll keep you at arm's length until you decide you want to keep him and then you then you have to winter soldier him into existence. And read him a bunch of quotes. <laughs> yeah, you got to activate him. You got to imprint upon him. But once you do that, there's no turning back. He'll be forever yours. The thing is, what's his first line? Do you remember? I don't remember. Something about the floor. I like right? your, I like your floor. Yeah. And he said he steps on it with his little ballet slippers. He's got the little. I hate him. I hate art. those shoes so much. <laughs> got these little white ballet slippers that he wears and he's very tentative and you know he's feeling touching toes to the floor you know he's he's taking it all in his new home here this is after he's the super... sixth sense mm-hmm. and i hated him in that movie he was great now you know what it is is here's the problem i have with young H- Haley joel as an actor sure mm-hmm. his feelings are way up front you gotta just pull those feelings back a little bit don't need to see your <laughs> feelings visibly on your body like coming out you mean act he's feeling so hard Haley Joel. You don't want him to act. I want him to act more so that the feelings were implanted into your performance rather than hanging off your body like fucking scars. Anyway. <laughs> I think he gives a credible performance in this movie. I mean, I really t- time is, is proven. I mean, yeah, nobody doesn't talk what do you about mean? his performance. What are you talking about? No one talks about this movie. That's what I'm saying. You're right. He kills it. It's hugely talked about the... performance. He doesn't blink. Working. That's his performance. And he says, "Oh, you you're being too hard. He says you're being way too hard." Softly with his dead fucking eyes. Please, you're being way too hard on him. He's great in this. He does walk in on her pissing and shitting though, which is pretty great. Do you think she was pissing or shitting? She was reading what, a what, book, both? so I'm assuming that it had gone Pooping. to the second. You know, like she had jettisoned the fucking rockets and was, you know, mm-hmm. the, yeah. So th- this is a this is this montage of scenes when they're when he's weird in the house and she's like. <laughs> 
nervous and trying to kind of stick him in closets and get him he's always kind of in her way for some somehow they bond during this you know there's that, a there's a part away. where they're eating at the table and he's twirling she's twirling pasta in a spoon you know like using a spoon and a fork and he's mimicking it like the scene in jaws and it is you know? high comedy to these people it is but it's we- all this stuff is very off-putting like all this this that's the, what i like about the best it. stuff in the movie is is watching the weirdness around the house for sure and then the weirdness at the end mm-hmm. the book ending parts are the best for sure she does imprint she decides to imprint she decides to do like you say activate him and then what's your favorite of those lines that imprints you you run down it's the it's a quick start protocol that she goes through. It's like Sarah Socrates particle decibel hurricane dolphin tulip, and then you say the name of the person, and then the name of the robot, and then the name of the person again, something like that. Yeah, and you touch his neck while you're doing it, right? And she for, quick start protocol damns him, bonds him forever to her, and then basically abandons him a month later. Right. I can't fault her or Sam Robards for jettisoning David. Yeah, but she, they should have jettisoned their other kid as well, though. Oh, their other kid sucks. Martin. Martin. Is, so what happens is Martin wakes up. He from goes his from sickness. pending to here I am. He's back. He comes home. There's another boy in the house now that is uh, competing for the attention of his mom that he's had all to himself thus far in his life, and it just creates this huge conflict where Martin then starts to abuse the the poor little well David and. One of the weird, like, there's a scene where Mar- when they find out that Martin is no longer a frozen asshole, David serves as a cell phone. That's when I wanted David to die. Because he hijacks that phone call without asking yeah. and then does some crazy freaky looking shit. So he does, they don't seem to have a lot of control over David. Like, he kind of does what he wants. They don't turn him off. He doesn't sleep. You know, they don't shut him down. Like, you know how they were shutting down Megan in the last movie? They don't ever turn David well, off. They, they tell him to. So the, she'll put him in the closet for a period of time, and he'll stay Yeah, but he there. still gets out. Yeah. And, and there's a scene where they tell him to go play. Now, I would have just told him to go play for like three months, and he would do it. But he's just curious. Like, as soon as he comes to life, he asks, like, he's at, he, he says very sad, asks his mommy when she'll die, how long does she have left? Like, he gets very nervous like a kid does. Like, wait a minute. If you die, what happens to me? You know, there's a part where she's putting on this very, uh, this perfume, getting ready to go on a date, you know, and it's like this very expensive perfume that, that she's running out of and david gets interested and he pours all of it on him and says i smell like you you know that's she he keeps disappointing he, he but he's just being a little precocious kid he doesn't know what to do it's a little guy he's a robot should have been programmed to know better piece of shit yeah yeah anyway they do give him a gift teddy who is who is basically the best character in this film i think it's this little robot teddy bear that is martin's that martin has grown bored of so they give it to david and poor teddy is then caught in the middle of these two children you know and he his voice is incredible he's like this world weary 50 year old 60 year old man's voice coming out of this little teddy bear and the and his personality trait is he's always fearing for his safety <laughs> and he doesn't want anybody to get hurt he doesn't want to get into trouble you know, it's just I love that little relationship that they have too. I think Teddy doesn't. I think Teddy would have preferred to stay in the box. I think Teddy uh, is very attached to David, like David's attached to his mom. Teddy, a little creepy too, though, a little freaky. You do not love Teddy. I love Teddy, but he's a little. He's got some freak sauce in him. I'm gonna zoom in. Yeah, I had a little stuffed elephant when I was a kid named Teddy. My parents had to, at one point, decide it was enough. 
and they separated me from Teddy because I was too attached. And? It worked. Oh. It's heartbreaking, though. Yeah. I still remember it. I'm 50, you know? I had a smiley pillow that I was attached to. Recently? And I threw up on it and stained it forever. And then I remember coming back from a weekend to it, a, a, a yellower version of that pillow that was trying to be passed off as the same pillow. And? Didn't have the same give. I knew it was a fucking hoax from the jump. They replaced it because you threw up on it? It got just so stained and battered from abuse. It's unfortunate. What kind of abuse? <laughs> Me drooling and vomiting <laughs> on it. My son has a Thomas a Thomas pillow that yeah. he was they, they were inseparable and right. he loved Thomas for the longest time and then he got out of he got tired of Thomas but he needed the pillow. So now he calls it the pillow that looks like Thomas or something like that. He calls it something to oh. detach it from being Thomas or something. Still right. uses it though. Proud of him. As soon as the sun comes back, it seems that David's days are numbers and numbered and, and at one point there's this competition, there's a famous scene is that Martin's really rubbing it in that he can eat and David cannot. And Martin is going to town on some spinach. And so what does David do but eat spinach as well? And Teddy is there, of course, going, David, you'll break. Like, I love his deadpan, you know. Don't do it. And then and he does break. And then the kid looks just like the child from the Shining remake. Once he eats the spinach, his face looks yeah. like that piece of shit from the Shining remake. You know, you know that actor that sucks, that looks like that <laughs> all the time? Sure, sure. Anyway, so yeah, they have to get then David's insides washed out by some tech. That's dudes, a good right? scene. I like that. Yeah, and he's and then you feel bad for him because you know they don't like he's just constantly learning about who he is and they're cleaning him out and pulling his guts open and he's aware he's looking at this stuff happening to him realizing that obviously he's not a human being poor kid that you don't like. Martin has a weird room. Did you notice what he has in his room? And the basketball hoop in his room. And the backboard has a chimpanzee on it. <laughs> a chimpanzee's face right in the middle where the square is. It's a powerful zoom. Did you not see it? No. He also has a teddy bear lamp with a mustache on the teddy bear. He's got a lot of weird shit in, that, in Martin's room. Makes me like him less. <laughs> his style is pending. Cortland Mead is yes. the actor that looks like his face spinach killed. His name's Portland Mead? Cortland. Hor- what? Cortland Mead. Cortland. Yeah. Okay, Cortland. That's that's pretty bad, though. So there's a recurring theme with Teddy, too. There's something that you got to love. Yeah. Always mending himself. I do love it. Like the Predator. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. He's like the Predator. But he is. He always has got some needle and thread, and he's, like, sewing himself up. Yeah, he's, he's a little sneaky, Teddy. I like it. He's always... Well, he, he takes... Uh, one of the things that's the final straw for... It's, it's getting there. There's two things that lead up to David getting dumped. Is at one point Martin says you should cut mommy's hair so you have a piece of her with you. And you know, he puts he puts old David up to entering, sneaking into the room at night and with some scissors and cutting her hair. That's a creep. That's a creepazoid thing Teddy does. So then the then then Harry Henry wakes up and shakes him and 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 it's like what are you doing? He he actually hurts the mom with the scissors. So you know Martin's a piece of shit. And then, yeah, Teddy grabs his hair, by the way. That figures into the end. He's like, um, I'm going to hang on to this for 2,000 years. Yeah, he does. I love him. He's a little sneak. And then uh, there's there's a pool party. This is when things go super wrong. What happens? Is the pool party the second or the first? I think it's the second. It's the, it's, this is the thing that leads to him getting alley-ooped out of the family. I thought it was the other way around, but okay, yeah. It was what happens there. 
So all the kids, all of Martin's friends are interested in this robot and they're poking and prodding at him and saying he looks so real. And then the one kid's like, look, if we, they have these defense systems, if you try to hurt them, he gets like a knife or a cake cutter and he puts it against David's skin and David freaks out and he goes behind Martin, grabs him, (laughs) puts the death grip on him and pulls him into the pool because he's so frightened. And, you know, Martin can't get out of the grass, starts to drown, Mm -hmm. starts to drown. And it's a big deal. All the parents have to jump in and save Martin. And that's kind of the final straw. And then they leave Haley in the pool for a while. They do, yeah. And, you know, he's just frightened. It's a frightened little child looking for his his brother to protect him. No, he's a a piece of shit robot that's poorly designed. He should know know that he was endangering a life at that point. And you knew things were getting serious because then the the dad puts, like, a summer shirt on with palm trees. Twice. He wears it Mm -hmm. twice in this movie. I love it, his logic, too. You know, the parents are trying to figure out what to do. They've got one great piece of shit of a son that's real and then a piece of shit robot son. They're like, we got to get rid of it, I guess. And Sam Robards' logic is, well, if he can love, well, he can hate. Uh Uh-uh. No. Not Haley. (laughs) Not David. David can't hate. Uh Uh-uh. So we'll take him to the fake-ass woods. Is that why the dad keeps going, man, that that robot's a hater. Is that why he keeps saying that? Yeah. He walks by him. Stop hating on me, son. So she takes him to the fake-ass woods and leaves him there. In her Tron car. First of all, it's insulting to Tron, but yeah. She's got a little dumb car, a little sci-fi <laughs> car that doesn't that looks stupid. <laughs> Sam uh, Robard is like, hey, honey, why don't you go dump the robot? I'll stay back here with our real son. Right. She makes him do it, makes her do it on her own. And you don't, you don't find that scene heartbreaking, huh? I get it. Sad to me. If it was a pet, I'd be sad. If it's a fucking robot asshole... David becomes convinced. He's like, if I become a real boy, you know, will you be happy? And he's like, he's apologizing to her that he's not real. And she, the last thing she says to him before she speeds off is she's like, I'm sorry. And she gives him some money and she said, I'm sorry I didn't tell you about the world. Well, and she's out. Here's what sucks about David. I mean, I don't have time to go. Oh, and she also tells him to avoid the flesh fairs. Which if, mm-hmm. we, we've all heard it. He does manage to avoid the flesh fair for about 20 minutes, by the way. <laughs> He, he, no, less, probably less than that. But she reads him Pinocchio. Right. And he bases his entire existence around that. He does. He, he, uh, she reads it to Martin and he's listening in. Even worse. But yeah. Yeah. He, he come, becomes obsessed with Pinocchio and the Blue Fairy. You know, he's a little guy. He doesn't know. He's he new. He's a high tech piece of equipment. He's not a little guy. They programmed him weird. It's not his fault. <laughs> He's a little boy. I mean, that's what he's, that's, he's a little boy that's learning, and that's what they're trying to tell you. And they're also trying to tell you that these parents are shitty and David's the hero. What are you talking about? Get out of here. <laughs> we then meet Jude Law, who is Gigolo Joe, who has a, a speaker somewhere in his body. That's got to be a weird treat. Yeah, he kind of cricks his neck a little bit and turns it on and off. Yeah. It's one of his signature moves. It's very funny. He's kind of got, he's kind of like a Gene Kelly thing going on a little bit, I guess. Mm. Um, yeah, the little singing in the rain, right? Like dancing guy, a little swagger to him. But he's yeah, he's a male prostitute basically. Right. He's a he's a <clears throat> he's servicing ladies from from Deadwood, lonely ladies, yeah. huh? From Deadwood. Yeah, and the and he he first talks to a woman, he sweet talks her, and she's it's her first time with a robot, and she's nervous about what he has in his pants, and he tries to soothe her, and that's a successful hookup. The next one, not so much. <laughs> But it's so funny to see her from Deadwood in that scene where she's playing this innocent, nervous lady right. about to get boned by Jude Law. Right, and in Deadwood where she she actually played a prostitute, Trixie. Yeah, exactly. And she was incredible on that show. 
Your um, mouth to God's ears. She's like one of the best characters. You don't think so? I'm I'm, I'm agreeing her. with you. You fighting me? I'm ag- debating me. I'm agreeing with you. This feels passive aggressive. I'm 100 percent agreeing with you. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> and so yeah, so he get Jude Law gets his next customer. He passes uh, Ashley Scott at Gigolo Jane for one second. She's in it. Remember that was a very big picture that prominently put before this movie came out, like kind of, you know released to the internet. Because she was cute. It was very like, yeah, seductive looking. I don't know, robot prostitute. But she's not even in the movie. She's in it for a second. Jude Law then goes. This, he finds a dead body. His next assignment is a woman and that is dead. <laughs> and then her husband has killed her, and he's in there going, "Hey, Joe, what do you know? It's all this, you know, dumb, wow, kind of thing." But Jude Law is in. In, in trouble. He says, I'm in trouble. Great scene, he's gonna though. Get, he's going to get blown. He's going to get uh, blamed for this murder, he thinks. And so he cuts off his identity chip. Great scene. And that, which one? All the stuff right here. Yeah, I like it. Not one ounce of David in it. <laughs> yeah, so he's in trouble and he goes, he has to go on the run because he knows that they can, he's going to get pinned for this. So he once he takes that off, then he's, he's no longer registered and that's bad. Because the flesh fair. You know. Yeah, flesh fair time. So that's where these two characters meet at this flesh fair. What is a flesh fair, Nick? It's like the county fair, except mm-hmm. robot torture. Yeah, so a bunch of humans come watch these kidnapped robots, these gathered up broken machines, or these rounded up robots get absolutely destroyed in front of an audience, right? And um, what makes it even funnier is that the robots are terrified and they're sad. And they're and they're feeling. How does that make it funnier? Because it's a, it's mean, so it funny it that it, it, you know it's not like a monster. Tr- it's like a monster truck rally if the trucks were in severe pain. Right. Why is that funny? It's funny because we're just watching the hor- horrendous screams of all these old robots getting their asses kicked. It's funny. I don't think that's. I don't think it's the attention of the filmmaker or the writer <laughs> that this would be a funny. And by the way, Spielberg did write this, but it's based on a short story, correct? Brian and I think Aldous. he had a lot of other writers prior to this, right? But didn't he? Isn't he credited with the yeah, screenplay? Yeah. That's rare for him, right? Yeah, only hits when he yeah. writes. Typically, he wrote the Fablemans, perfect hit. He did not write. He co-wrote it. Yeah, with Tony Kushner. I think he wrote Close yeah. Encounters. I think he did write that. I think that's it. I don't think he's written much of his own screenplays. Is that correct? I think he may have had a hand in writing some other dog shit. Anyway, this scene is not meant to be funny. By the way, oh, I meant to entertain you. Mission accomplished. And uh, there is these sweet little robots that are scared for their lives that are getting um, launched through propellers. They're getting acid poured on them, and all they want to do is what they've been built to do, which was serve the human race, like be a nanny, be uh, a mechanic. And they're always, as they're getting carted toward their doom, they're still asking to do those those jobs or trying to do those jobs. He he was a writer on uh, Poltergeist. Was he? And it was his story. Yep. Uh, and the Goonies was his story. That's about it. Was it really? I didn't know that. Awful film. Yeah, but they get their asses kicked, and it's adorable. Their parts are squeezing oils. It's like old Bob getting terrorized, or the power droid getting burnt on the feet. It's adorable. Right, not meant to be funny. Oh, let's zoom in. Spielberg did not shoot it, although he does put Chris Rock in it. So I think, and I think that's a mistake. I think it kind of takes away a little bit from the. I think this could. I think like you were talking about, what if Kubrick had done this? I think it would have been maybe more horrific. Would have been in a way. I think it would have been David Brenner instead <laughs> of Chris Rock. All right, fair enough. How come the um, these flesh fair guys have like a 
a balloon with like a robot, like a, a moon balloon. I love that. It looks like the moon. I love that. It's a balloon that looks like a moon. It's a- and they say moon's on the rise. That all the robots go moons on the rise. They're nervous about. I didn't it. know if it was a DreamWorks. So. A DreamWorks homage the whole time. Maybe yeah. And then did you hear what the balloon is saying over the loudspeaker? <laughs> what? Any old iron. And then expel your mecca. And they say any old iron over and over again. Teddy does find his way to the flesh fair. He <laughs> he is he you know David got rounded up. Jude Law got rounded up. But Teddy kind of gets away. But he's so hooked on david he runs towards the flesh where it gets there and what happens you you said that you mentioned the scene to me that you like well he gets picked up by somebody because they think a child has dropped him so mm-hmm. they decide to cart him over to lost and found so there's this tracking shot where they're taking him to lost and found and the entire time he is quietly asking where's david do you know where david is being so fucking <laughs> enamored of that piece of shit just david david, david david get over yourself yeah. A little guy, he's got a yes. got a date too much David in his life. Then he gets slam dunked into the lost and found. <laughs> yeah, Brendan Gleeson um, playing a weird role here, kind of like the headhunter. He's like the Muldoon of the Flash Fair. So every, yeah, so Brendan Gleeson. So what happens is this little girl then sees David in this cage. All the other robots are in disrepair, or Jude Law like looking like a sexy robot. So, but there's a child robot, and that's a little different. And this this little girl goes to get her dad. Uh, I think she has Teddy at this point too. But anyway, the dad comes over, and she's like, "I think a little boy's in the cage." And so he does some investigating, and kind of goes to Brendan Gleeson. He's like, I, I, "There's a robot here, but it's a little boy robot, and maybe we should save him." Fuck it. But Brendan Gleeson's like, "Let's just torture him anyway." <laughs> and so they get they set him up to like get acid poured on him or something, and then David says something to the crowd like. What, I don't even know what he says, but he says something, and the crowd all of a sudden freaks out because it's he sounds and looks like a real little boy. And so Gleason's like, "Don't worry about it. He's still a robot piece of shit." And the crowd doesn't like that, and they start to throw, throw be- beanbags throw, at Brendan Gleason. Throw beanbags at him, and they he gets pummeled. And so then then David gets away with uh, Jude Law, and they're off on their adventure with Teddy running yeah. behind, usually in David's arms, I'd say. They try to make it this post-apocalyptic scene with the these guys on awful motorcycles and these people dressed mm-hmm. up weird in ministry playing music. It's, it feels like a tourist version of this. Like that's that's where I think, and I know that this is Spielberg. Spielberg is responsible for this, right? So yeah, he did direct it. Well, no, they said like some of the there was this debate about that the weirder ideas that are in the movie that people mm-hmm. mistakenly attributed to Kubrick actually were Spielberg's ideas. It just, oh, I see. It just it just feels. I like I said, tame. I think some of this movie. Feels, you know, pulls some punches, but I, I think that's there's a horrific element to this that he really does pull off. I just feel like some of it's a little um, loud, where it, and 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 kind of misses the mark. Like I think, like you know, like you said, the ministry ministry playing and the monster motorcycles, things like that. It feels although a lot of robots get their gaudy. heads knocked off, which is hilarious. You do, you do like that, huh? Yeah, especially the, um, the ones that look like uh, the most stupid, like the the Fred Gwynn lookalike or the. Weird old. There's this one. I, I'm glad they killed him because he was ridiculously. Mm. He was just a ridiculous creature. You know, this takes how long into the future? Do they do they specify? I'm sure they do. I'm not sure. It's pretty far. 2026, something like that. <laughs> the World Trade well, Center. The reason that the reason Brandon Gleason's mission is to, mo- to demolish artificiality. That's the whole purpose of the Flesh Fair, right? That it's it's supposed to have a purpose where they're reclaiming humanity from the clutches of. Artificiality. Well, then they should these, close these. the Lululemons first. You know what I'm saying? 
So then Jude Law and Haley Joe catch a ride to the this Las Vegas type city with who? Vincent Chase. Mm-hmm. And what does Jude Law do to to convince the boys to let them hitch a ride? Tell me. Puts a hologrammed woman on Adrian Grenier's crotch or Grenier, whatever. It's, did, yeah. Dances and she d- dances. This little mini woman yeah. dances on his on his, his on little his tiny dong. Yeah. His jeans covered peep. Yeah. <laughs> Very cute of old Spielberg. I think it'd be funny if that was the only thing they kept from Cooper's version. <clears throat> so they're on the hunt for the Blue Fairy. And then what, what Jude Law tells the little Haley Joel is that there's a Dr. No, this 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 machine that answers questions that they can they can interface with in the city. Do you, keep, you fall asleep as I go through this plot? Pretty much. Sounds like it. So he takes it to a Bad Brains concert. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a Dr. So no joke. They get, in, they get in trouble. The cops cops try to pick them up, but then they end up commandeering a police helicopter and getting out. They talk to Dr. No, who's voiced by, or Dr. No, K-N-O-W, voiced by Robin Williams. Robin Williams says they'll be able to find this blue fairy uh, at the place where the lions cry, basically Manhattan. And so they commandeer a police cop helicopter to Manhattan. And that's where Professor Hobby is, Nick. I like how it's, it's a kind of a neat little statement, though, because the Robin Williams character tries to take your money. It's basically a service mm-hmm. that's created to steal as many as much money as they can from you by right. leading you with questions, to burn your questions on innocuous shit. It's a paywall. They it's a fucking it, paywall. <laughs> they, get, they get to this flooded city, and there's sailboats going. Did you, I never noticed that before. Little sailboats down in the water. These, like, kind of like these Looks like Asian-inspired sailboats, which I thought was weird. And they basically they're going to David's birthplace, and this is kind of where all David's knowledge he finds out the truth here, Nick. And that's not a good thing that he finds out. This is a this is New York after the ice caps have melted. Statue of Liberty's mm-hmm. torch up up to the torch in water. Right. World Trade Center's back in where it used to be. Everything's great. It makes you wonder if we are really setting ourselves up for an ecological nightmare with the way that we're treating Mother Earth, man. Oh, I'm sure we're not. Okay, I know we're not. not. Like I just, I just like, I just folded a box. <laughs> no, I think we're good. Temperatures are on the decline, right? Like I'm just. They get into this building and guess who's there? But David himself. He meets David. Meets another David. I started having a panic attack seeing more than one Haley Joel Osment. I'll get to be honest. And, that, and, and then this David one sucks o- even more than the original. And he's reading a book and he's trying to talk to the our hero David. And David just hacks this robot apart. He freaks out. He goes, "I'm special. I'm unique." He tears this robot to shreds. So good. Like just destroys him with a lamp. Yep. And takes his face off. And Professor Hobby comes out and goes, "We're so happy to have you here, David." He's like, "That is seven million dollars." I just lost. That's fine that you just destroyed it. We're happy to hear you. We had Dr. No lead you to us. We were hoping that you would arrive here. You are. And then he does something weird. He says, I'm going to go get my colleagues, and then disappears for the rest of the film. <laughs> Never comes back. But then David has to can see all this stuff out. Like He says to, I think he says to Professor Hobby that his brain is falling out at one point. Because he's got too much information coming in that he doesn't like to hear. Mm-hmm. There's no blue fairy. He's not going to turn into a real boy. And in fact... He sees other versions of himself hanging in this kind of storage area, and then there's boxed versions of him and a, a girl version of him named Arlene. Mm-hmm. And the, Garfield the tagline on the what you say? Garfield <laughs> reference. And the tagline of the boxes are at last a love of your own. So their target audience is people who have no love. And just like so, then David, you know, he goes out to the old, you know, sits outside, looks down, and just decides to kill himself. Basically, 
falls off. He says, "Mommy, one last time," and he falls off of this building into the water, and, which is just and super then the sad. To roll, me. and I am thrilled. <laughs> so sad, and um, the fish carrying him along. They zoop him along, and he sees something in the last minute before then Jude Law rescues him. He sees something down there. But what happens here? Jude Law gets taken. He gets taken. He gets magnetized up into the heavens, and he goes, but he, you know, but Joe, Haley Joe's like, I'm convinced I saw the blue fairy in the water. And Jude Law, like, hits submerge on the helicopter. He's like, go down there and check it out, brother. And he does. There is a, there's the Pinocchio theme park, thankfully, down there. The blue fairy's there, and Haley Joe, Joe gets Trapped by some metal Ferris wheel. <laughs> he bumps and into a bunch of up. shit on his way down. Teddy's like, hey, buddy, you suck at this. Well, Teddy the whole time was like, the best is that what he says is when they get trapped by that Ferris wheel down there, Teddy goes, we're in a cage. Like he says, like, yeah. like he's he's so panic-stricken. But anyway, one-track mind David just keeps talking to the Blue Fairy, asking her to make him into a real boy. For years. And the narration comes on. And the narration a lot of people is, thinks this is been thinks where this... this Yes, and he, they think this is where the movie should end with I him asking disagree this so hard. statue to, to make him into a real boy. And he and uh, but then it says unexpectedly two thousand years later. Yeah, which is just quite a leap. No chance of being united, reunited with mommy now. No, mommy is, or a is fucking there? done. Earth, um, Earth is a, a it, cold, a colden ball. And so they show these little aliens in a little box ship, and they're, they're not aliens. Along they're, the, they're robots. They're yeah, they're mechs, right? Yeah. And they're, I thought they were aliens at the at first, but but they're zooping along the crusted, the frozen tundra of the Earth, right? And they're they're, they're having the blast. They're ex- excavating New York. The snowboarding, they get out the skis, <laughs> you know, and then they go, wait a minute, I think I see David down there. Is that David? Holy shit! Is that <laughs> yeah. David's whip down there? <laughs> and they crack open this the helicopter. David's in there with little um, cold like ice makeup on his eyebrows. <laughs> And um, they they do an awesome thing where they put their little hand over his face and he zo- he like kind of shimmers back to life, like kind of convulses back to life. Although Haley Joel, by the, the way, actor is constantly moving before that, so it's like the, oh, the illusion is. is not there. And then uh, Teddy is all frozen too, and he looks so cute. Yeah, but they thought yeah. his ass out too, to their credit. They do. Well, Teddy's the the gift that keeps on giving. And then David gets out of that helicopter, can't catch a break. He's got wet khakis. <laughs> And then he's like, I have been staring at this blue fairy for 2,000 years, and she's still perfectly preserved. I can't wait to fuck that up. And he goes and touches her, and she breaks apart, and he's like, Jesus Christ. But then the aliens start to, they tap into David's mind, or I'm sorry, the mechs, and they start to play versions of his memories over their little TV monitor that a, faces. That is and, a wacky scene. And then they... Uh, they're, all, they're like daisy-chaining off each other. Yeah, and did you see the thing that they have? They land on is Martin's mouthful of spinach. <laughs> I think that you could give David a break. <laughs> At least put mommy on your face, not that piece of shit. Right. And then Teddy says he he or he, he turns to uh, David turns to Teddy, much like Han Solo turned to Chewie, and Force Awakens and says, "Teddy, we're home." Pretty good. Yeah. And then he says, "Where's mommy?" And the alien goes, "She gone." Because they make a big version of this house. The aliens created a fa- house That's for him. That's what I'm saying. They are fucking with him. They are fucking <laughs> with him so bad. So, no, they're not. Because they have empathy towards David. They 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 feel sorry for him. The narration tells us that. They don't... You think that they're torturing him, and they are. 
definitely torturing him, but they don't really realize that they're doing it. I don't think it's 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 no different than we dig up a, a like a prehistoric thing and shove it in a museum, and idiots so they, look at it for years. So they say that they can bring the mom back to life for like a twenty four hour period. Makes if no they sense. Had like some makes no fucking I know, it sense. Does, it doesn't. But and he said, and the, Dave was like, "Yeah, do it." Like, well, we don't have any of her her shit. We don't have any stuff. And Teddy pulls out that hair, and then they clone her for a twenty four hour period. See, this that's what I'm and saying. And it's all very heartbreaking to me. Teddy has been carrying this fucking lock of hair for twenty, you know, for two thousand years. Mm-hmm. You think I'm not crying at this point? You know I am. I'm busting a tear. Here's what's great: these aliens mm-hmm. did not recreate mom. They did not build this house. They consider David max 24 hours worth of entertainment for them i'm going to be bored to death of this piece of shit in a, in a day so let me just create this this dream sequence but i gotta tell him that his mom's gonna die in a day because if we wait any longer we're they gonna f- be tired of his ass they feel they fulfill his wish and i imagine maybe that they put him into sleep as soon as she dies with and he maybe doesn't wake up again whatever but one thing that breaks my heart in this is when teddy tells him you remember when you cut mommy's hair and then he says henry shook me like that's what he remembers from that is the dad shaking him because he did something wrong that's just like a little kid man you don't like any of this stuff it's it's cute it's not cute it's heartbreaking team henry shake that little bastard (laughs) so then the mom and david have a day and it's this idyllic day where the mom is completely focused on david and they're doing you know teddy's doing self-surgery in the corner david's drawing like a picture with boobs on it for some reason um they prank teddy they scare him they bake a cake which i think is very strange that aliens have those ingredients there (laughs) they don't um they have you think it's all this is his this is just his memory they're creating these fake shits in his memory. This is bullshit. Are you sure? I thought they actually brought her back for a day. Why would? Why, I mean, why would? I mean, seriously, they're gonna make make her meat body. I think they made her meat body from <laughs> her hair. No way they made her meat body out. <laughs> they made it seem like her meat body was built, but it's just a bunch of David manipulation. Is that not happened? Am I am I wrong about this? I'm just thinking they're not wasting their time. If they could build somebody perfectly, but them only work yeah. function for a day. Uh uh-uh, uh, yeah. I don't buy it. You don't have to buy it's it. Just I mean, last, it's just the rules of the it's movie. It's just the last haymaker delivered to David in this film. That's all it is. I think the narration's telling you all the shit that they did. The, the narration is the AI have surpassed us, and they're speaking to the audience like we're a bunch of fucking marks. I don't think that they the the narration's like, and then the aliens fake brought her back in David's mind. Like he never says that no, shit. They that, said they. they what you don't realize is us as an audience are being sold the bill of goods by the future robots from the jump. This movie is them telling us a bedtime story that they, but they hold us in contempt. They hate us. They don't respect us. And so yeah. they think, well, they're dumb fucking humans. They'll just buy this shit. They'll buy the fact that the, we could build a Fair perfect enough, yeah. mom for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And, oh, here's the thing, David. It won't be a real mom because this one will love you for a day. It's like the ultimate cock block. You think it was weird as the as the um, mom was was dying in bed next to David? The aliens were uh, thrown down into the cake that they made, just totally smashing it into their yeah their monitor. J- Daisy chaining over. They, they call them aliens again. They're mechs, right? One of them. Like, one them of them aliens. holds the cake. The other one holds the, the back of the other alien holding the cake. The cake appears in all their faces. So <laughs> cute. I think it'd be great if it, if uh, David's noticing. Shortly after mom goes to sleep, he's like, what's that smell? And then his, he does like a recognition scan. Oh, you're rotting. That's mommy's rot. 
Well, he did get his wish. He did. She does did pay attention to him. She does did love him. She did tell him. I think that she loved him. So maybe the aliens were like, okay, now that's done. Now we you have to go to the prison farm. You know, <laughs> we got to get your ass to work. Chris Rock's there. You know, <laughs> or Chris Rock robot there. I think there. it would be great if the mom died and then she was in limbo for two thousand years or maybe nineteen hundred and seventy years. Mm-hmm. And she's in this detached consciousness, and then she's brought back for the worst purpose. Oh, you get to be back on Earth. Here's a caveat: you got to suck with mm-hmm. David for a day. <laughs> Do you think it's weird that Teddy was like, "I also have uh, Henry's hair here," and then <laughs> uh, Haley Joe drop kicks it into the trash paper <laughs> basket? I love. I kind of love this movie. I have to say, it's a curiosity. It moves me, man. It moves me. It's a curiosity. It's got some stuff in it. It's a lot, a lot like Megan. It actually does have a lot of crossover to Megan. I have to say, it does. Megan has a weird face thing, too, just like the spinach scene. It's fine. It's fine. Megan imprints on what's-her-face? The little girl. You know, it's... But she doesn't winter soldier her, does she? Uh, no, but there's there's definitely a, a way that they do it. Yeah. Now, there's some MVP shit in this. Um, Jude Law, Teddy, I'm out. You're so wrong. I mean, Haley, I, like I said, I think his performance is fantastic in this. Good actor, this this guy. He still is a good actor. I mean, pay it forward. Secondhand lions. Need I say more? But he still does act. He's still he's still out there. Silicon Valley. He's great on Silicon Valley. Did you not agree? He's fine. All right, man. Yeah, I wish Stanley Kubrick didn't die. Me too. Sucks. I wish more of this would happen. I wish more people would try to make other people's movies all weird and shitty. <laughs> Look, I mean, another slam dunk. Now let's get to the, the the reason we're all here. So there's some names in the credits, huh? There are, yeah. So who'd you find zooming so, around in there? How many did you? F- so yeah, our new our new addition here is we we go through the credits once and pick out the names that stick out to us. And you, how many? I I pulled out more than I thought. I have Nick, six. But we'll, so how many should we should we limit it to to five to six? No, that's fine. So give me the initials of your first one. You got PN over here. Is that Peggy Names? Yeah, Peggy Names in here. <laughs> what a great name! I love me some Peggy Names. Did you get AZ? Andy Zilch in this. <laughs> of course I got Andy Zilch. He can't fly by my eyes without me taking note. Do you got LL in here? I don't. Minus the cool J? Uh-uh. Liz Lap <laughs> in this. You get JB? I didn't. I did get Joey Box. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Joey Box. I did get Joey Box. Yeah, he was later on in the credits. Yeah. Did you get JW? I did not. Might be my f- number one. That would be Jonathan Wank, Nick. <laughs> he kept sneaking off during filming. Yeah. Yeah. Did you get JC? I mean, he's in my life. But I didn't get JC from the credits, no. John Countryman. <laughs> That's a great one. H.W. strolled on set. Did you hear this? He was he cocking the walk. I couldn't believe H-W. Howie Weed was there. <laughs> <laughs> And old HR was there. I couldn't believe he showed I up. I bet they were, especially when Jonathan Wank was around. <laughs> HR showed up. I didn't I didn't see HR. You didn't see Harry Rotts? <laughs> I didn't. Uh-uh. I did see uh, BB, though. Our old friend BB showed up. And especially when it was break time. Uh-huh. Beth Bowling in here. <laughs> it was good. To, I mean, that's all I have. But it was good to see Mike Elizalde's name on there, too. He was the guy that... Became a big time makeup effects guy, now a magician. Who this is an early, some early puppeteer work he did in this, which is cool. Now a magician. Yeah, he's doing this amazing magic shit. 
He is. He was the guy. He, What's he, his he, name? Mike Elizalde. He um he 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 owns Spectrum Motion. That does does a lot of Guillermo's movies. He did Don't Be Afraid. But he also he's 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 uh, a magician. He goes to the you know what he called the Magic Castle all the time. Oh wow, he's really good. What's say his name one more time? Mike so Elizalde. And he does the movie still. Yeah, too? yeah. He's one of the high, he's one of the legends. Like Pacific Rim, Hellboys, all that shit. He's amazing. Does he go by the Great Elizalde? Look, right. you got to get something etched in your skin at the flesh fair from this movie, Justin. What you put on your bod? I mean, Teddy for sure, hundred percent. Teddy is on my uh, on my back on a piece of cardboard doing a backspin, Nick. Like he's you know a backspin, and you know, it's mid backspin on this thing, and underneath it says, "I'll break David." <laughs> what do you think? Cute. Wish he would break David. On my inner thigh, in cursive, says. Martin is pending. <laughs> he is pending. Yeah. Yeah. And then people who are unlucky enough to see that tattoo got some questions. For sure. Stinger. Especially Jonathan Wank. Yeah, the movie's over. Questions. Credits have rolled. Lo and behold, there's a stinger at the end of the movie, man. What you got? The Mecker, they surround David. This is after the, and David's unconsolable after the mom is, is done. She's, she's gone. And the Mecs say, we have good news, David. We've been able to resurrect Martin, and like, and then they hand him an old flamethrower that they find, <laughs> um, and they said, "We've built you a pain room. <laughs> <laughs> you have 24 hours before he expires. Go to fucking town." Right. <laughs> so they've just turned uh, David off at, oh, no. after his 24 hours of kismet with his boring ass mom. They turn him off. It's really kind of a touching scene where they gather around and they're holding each other's kind of bodies so that they're projecting and they turn David off and you mm-hmm. see him go dim. And yeah. it's really poignant. Teddy Teddy sheds an artificial tear and then they take Mommy and they throw her into a grinding device to get rid of that trash. <laughs> well, I'm on bitch disposal. <laughs> One of the mechs <laughs> say. <laughs> The only, the only alien. They grab, they grab David and throw him in the garbage. <laughs> the only <laughs> robot with a, with his butt crack showing. <laughs> uh, you've been given the findings to have your own sequel to AI. How you mm-hmm. spend that hard earned? Mine's called Mommy's Money. <laughs> okay. MM. So this was AI and this is MM. Mommy's Money. David's back and he's just collecting dust in the corner while the aliens figure out what to do. One day they approach him and they say, David. I can't believe it, but these other mechs, they stole your mother's money and it's in a vault. You have to go get it. So what happens in this world is that the the mechs are still there's all this they're still trying to get money, they're still greedy. They've they've realized that David's so persistent that they've they got the perfect thief. They just have to pretend that mommy <laughs> mommy's money's in this vault that he'll he'll break in with Teddy. That's the whole plot is that he's that he is, you know, he, and he's, and they equip him with a uh, martial arts skills now. So he is fighting his way to the vault, trying to get her rightful uh, possessions. Unfortunately, they have lied to him, and he finds this out. He knows her money. He knows what it looks like. He's well versed in her stuff. So then it turns into a huge revenge movie where he tears apart these mechs at the end. It's a huge fight. But first, they, they buy revenge. into it at first. <laughs> Teddy's like, David, you'll break in, get some paper. <laughs> called mommy's mo- <laughs> mommy's money 
Yeah, it's that the aliens try to use David to do their, <laughs> their dirty work. So good. Just telling them mommies, everything's mommies. Yeah. <laughs> He's so persistent. All right, what about you? I'm not What's a pleasure sequel? droid, but you got to hit mommy's G-spot real quick. <laughs> um, <laughs> David Wood. 4,000 years kid. in the future, a mm-hmm. bunch of even higher tech robot you oh, know, no. AIs. 4,000 years later? Yeah. They are exu- you know, exhuming the bodies of the of the specialist robots. Right, the mechs, yeah. Yeah, so they, they're digging them out of the snow, and they're bringing them back to orbit and making them kind of come back online, and they're reading their shit. So, like, the, the Ben Kingsley one comes to life, and he's sort of the new David of this one. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, they read his mind and realize that they, he tormented David a lot. You know, he's like, you, you yeah. saved this poor wayward robot and then fucking catfish the shit out of him. So they just basically spend the running time of the movie just fucking him up. It's like fucking pipe hitting him. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Just beating him with pipes. You know, <laughs> that's what robots in the future do. Just wish mm-hmm. I knew what a pipe was. But yeah, they kill that shit. Look, you've been given the finance and have your own business associated with AI. How you spend that hard earned? What you doing? I'm doing a Build-A-David store in the mall. And we have body scanned 100% of every inch of Haley Joel Osment and put all those parts in a bin for you to buy and put perfect David together. Sure. Just every little lick and stick of him. Go there, you get a hollow-out Haley figure, and you just start shoving, you know, his his coccyx in. You put his fucking meat, his burning, his ovary, like everything that you that he's got. You just you shove it in there. Yeah, and it's and and it's they did creepy perfect body scans of a thirteen year old Haley Joel Osment too, which was perfect. Hundred bucks, then you can keep all wow. the pieces that you need. Take it out, yeah. touch it out. The the name, by the way, David has all this his, historical connotation. Michelangelo, David, all that stuff, right? Like it's all that stuff that, that that's woven into this movie. But did you know that Spielberg originally wanted to call it Hank before they before they landed on? <laughs> hey, maybe we should do something that ties it to. Um, I'm just gonna create a a group for for these poor robots that have been so traumatized. Like for 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 you know artificial beings that have been traumatized. I'm gonna create a business for them to come and to air their grievances and to get help. You know, because there are these Nick. There, this isn't. This is no longer the future. There are robots now. There are. I mean, not nothing like this, but there are some you know robots out there that talk and do I stuff. I had my Chinese right? food gonna, delivered by one a couple of weeks ago. Oh, in the store? In the restaurant, yeah. It, I think I went to the same place. Layden. It's common. Have a little cart? Yeah, but that's not... It, there's a lot of places yeah, to yeah. do it. Don't, let's not even... Well, I mean, I'm saying maybe it's the same chain or something. Yeah, no. So they go to this therapy session. They get help called Artificial Anonymous AA. What do you think? <laughs> pretty good? Yeah. And if you're having, like, self-worth problems, you can go there, too. I feel artificial, you yeah. know? I guess it's a pretty good business. <sighs> Never see my ass in there. Real. Look, you're in the movie. You've been added to the running oh, time God. of AI. What shape does your performance take? <laughs> what a dream, by the way, to be added to this one. I'm the pool. Oh, that they fall into? Yeah, I'm the pool, and I exist for one purpose, is to make people happy. Yeah. Okay. People gather around me, have the best times of their life around me. All of a sudden, I got some fucking party pooper bottoming in my pool. <laughs> I got a... I got a in myself? I got a, I got a bottomer in me? I got to go to Artificial Anonymous because I am crestfallen. Then I remembered, I'm a pool. I'm, I can eject it, and I, I, have a, I, can, I can send him out. 
and I use my pool. I have a pool a pool dick kind of thing that I I fly him out. I use my pool dick and I just fly him out. You fling him out. He'd probably be thrilled to get flung out of there. Everybody leaves him in there. He's out with your pool dick, huh? <laughs> I'd be a surfer robot, a surfer bot. Okay. And I'm in there. I meet Jude Law and um, you know Gigolo Joe or whatever, and, and David. And my whole programming is I hate on non-surfing. <laughs> non-surfing robots and i keep kind of bragging about <laughs> about my skills talking about how i hang pie instead of hang 10 i hang 3.14 or whatever yeah. i keep calling david a kook because that's the i think that's surfer slang for non-surfers okay. yeah you're kook and david is like what's going on I keep talking about how stoked i am and then i try to teach david how to surf you know like surf is a source change your life <laughs> you know david's like on the board and he's like leading with his right foot I'm like, oh yeah, goofy foot, man. Do you ever hear that? <laughs> just like wearing like a an awesome like Maui and Sons t shirt, just like talking about the world. Like, man, I'll surf the water, I'll surf the internet, man. Anything you throw at me, I'll do, you know. Yeah. But David, you gotta who's this mom, man? You know. I'll ride a car, I'll play the tuba, I'll use carnuba. I mean And then he's talking about his mom, of course, and I'm like, Man, she sounds like a MILF, brother. Sounds like a milf. <laughs> of course, it, like, and I'd spell it M-A-I-L-F. <laughs> a milf. Man. Void the moon, guys. Void the moon, dudes. Yeah, yeah. I just that's what I would do. It would be awesome. I like my character. Look, you got to incorporate right. something from AI into your daily life, a routine, a ritual, mantra. I'll walk around with my hands cupped up to strangers now, and I'll say, uh, I got... I got an AI in here. I, I caught one. I finally caught one. And they'll get really intrigued. And I'll say, like David in, in the movie AI, looking for his mommy, looking for the blue fairy. I got a little, I caught one. And they'll say, can I see it? And then I'll open my hands and I'll punch him right in the eyes. It's like, that's what you get for getting catfished. I'll punch strangers. I'll punch loved ones. All because Dave. By the way, yeah. it'd be great. If he was called Dave instead. Just a little more hang ten for sure. <laughs> Dave, you find your mom, man. You know something like that. So every time you see me playing Clue, the game, the board game Clue, I need a minute. Anytime you see someone ask me to play Clue, I ask for, for a few minutes to set up the game, and they're like, "Well, you know, we invited you to play it. We'll set up." Like I need a minute. It's my new. This is my new life thing I'm doing, Nick. I need a minute because I'm going to get a marker out and I'm going to take the Professor Plum card and scratch it off plum part and put hobby makes professor hobby part of clue and then i'm gonna also throw out the candlestick and bring in a little hard drive <laughs> a little zip drive or something right. and so that's one of the murder weapons i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna upgrade clue to make you know line it with like what could he kill thing you know what what would be a good murder weapon for professor hobby boredom yeah okay i'm upgrading clue from now on okay with a character from ai oh, yeah did they do any ai monopoly or anything like that when this came out Man, they should have. Did they do any pop figures for AI? I don't think pop figures were 20 years old yet, are they? But pop figures, they're making pop figures of fucking Jethro Tull right now. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I mean. You're right. I don't know if there's an AI pop figure. I don't think this movie is celebrated okay. or... Rem- I want your computer yeah. to get a virus. Type in, is there a Martin pop vinyl? <laughs> is it pop vinyl? Or not pop figure, whatever. There is. I don't think it comes up. Spielberg has got to be kicking himself, saying, God damn it, Teddy was Baby Yoda, and I didn't fucking pull it off. 
damn it. And then Mark Wahlberg <laughs> said, I got this. I got this, Seth MacFarlane. Let's go. <laughs> he did show a backup. You're right. Look, you're on an island. You've been all these many years gathering debris from various films, and now it's time to take something from AI. I mean, I'm taking the. I'm gonna take that lamp. That uh, that's what that's what'll be the clue. Mortar weapon is that lamp from uh, from Professor Hobby's office because it's the most destructive weapon in the film. By the way, he took that yeah. lamp and he did a lad in. <laughs> he did, and so I'm gonna take that lamp and just use it around my island. It's, this thing is destructive. If I need to, like I said, break open the coconuts. Or if some intruder comes to my island and I need to make quick work of them, I don't know what it, what did it look like. It's like kind of a cylinder with little holes in it. Right. Well, keep talking. Yeah, David wields that thing. Jeez. All right, go ahead. That's what I'm taking. That crazy ass heavy lamp. By the way, did you notice that the ship that he flew at the end sort of looked like the toy he was playing with at the beginning? Of course. Okay. And at the end. Yep. He has a little helicopter. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know what I'm taking. Obviously, I'm scared. I'm taking mommy at sixty degrees. What does that mean? Taking mommy at precisely 60 degrees. I don't know what that means. I'm taking her at exactly 60 degrees. Okay. So after she went to bed and it's been, I don't know, three, four hours, I got 60 degree mommy. Oh my God. I've got her in a perfect chamber that keeps her at that exact, somewhere between here and there, never all the way gone, never all the way here, pending. Really, just a pending mommy. Interesting. You know, sealed in there forever, just perfect. So good. Yeah. I'd be nervous to have that on my island because David's like a heat-seeking missile, right? <laughs> and maybe even a 60-degree-seeking missile. You know that he's going to be coming for her, right? Like, it's... Get in line. Like, she's...
Then break bread with those you thought were unkind For a time Resolve that and so much more Your time is right